Hey, everybody. Saul Marquez here. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. I appreciate you tuning back in. And today I have the privilege of hosting the amazing Kurt Romer as the chief security strategist for Citrix. He leads security, compliance, risk, and privacy strategies for Citrix products. As a member of the Citrix CTO and strategy office, he drives ideation, innovation, and technical direction for products and solutions that advance business productivity while ensuring information governance. An information services veteran with over 30 years experience, Kurt has his credentials that also include certified information systems security professional designation. He also served as commissioner for the U.S. public sector Cloud2 initiative and led efforts to develop the PCI Security Standards Council virtualization guidance information supplement while serving on the board of advisors. He is a wealth of knowledge as it relates to security, and I'm privileged to have him here on the podcast. Kurt, welcome. Thanks, Saul. Uh, great to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And so would love to know what inspires your work in security. I've been inspired in security for several years, you know, starting to look at how people were connecting up to networks, how they were utilizing personal computers and other devices, and really looking at it both from how can you help to improve your privacy and not accidentally share things, but also be able to look at what could possibly go wrong and be able to use that information to build a more resilient experience. And then moving beyond that to think a lot more about the experience and how security is really a component of experience. I define experience as the intersection of security, productivity, and cost. Because anytime you move one of those, you're moving the others. And it's really about having that optimal experience and balance of security, productivity, and cost in everything that you do. So yeah, it's the technical nature of security. And that's a lot of fun. And getting into all of the various attacks and executing those is great. But it's also about looking at how security can be there and remove barriers to productivity, but also have it be cost effective. Man, I love that philosophy, Kurt. You are so thoughtful about this and I really appreciate that. You know, taking a look at experience in that kind of threefold way really helps give you something to manage, right? And and to work towards. And so I would love to to hear more about how you have and in, in the business that you work with and the many businesses that you've worked on, how you're adding value in in security and particularly within the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, it's interesting because when you look within healthcare, they have a very, very unique balance of security, productivity, and cost, and a very unique view on experience. You know, for example, one of the most important things that you can do within healthcare is be able to give time back to clinicians, to patients, to people in healthcare IT, and others support the entire healthcare experience. It's just so overwhelming to be in those healthcare scenarios and see how much time people actually have to put in just for very mundane tasks. And actually was giving a presentation at one point in time, and I very rarely remember comments that people leave, but had a doctor that stood up during the presentation. I wondered what was going on. Yeah. And he was thanking those of us who had put together a solution for being able to give him back time in his day. And here's a doctor in the absolute middle of nowhere in Winnipeg, Canada, that was just so thrilled about this. 
And, you know, the other aspects of the healthcare experience, you know, healthcare is very unique from a privacy perspective. I worked on PCI for the financial services industry and for the payment card industry. And somebody gets a hold of a credit card number or cardholder information. Yeah, that that's terrible. But information can be re-released. You can get a new credit card. And PCI is about reducing fraud to acceptable levels. In healthcare, when you lose your electronic health record and your medical information, your lab results, there's no re-releasing that. It's gone. It's out in the wild. There's no ability to ever get that back. So the privacy aspects are, are very, very significant. And then similarly, from the cost perspective, I don't think we see really anywhere else short of you know, food service and a lot of the other people that have been impacted in terms of small businesses last year. I don't think we see much outside of healthcare where the, the cost impact has been felt as substantially. And so we've got to make sure that we're helping to manage healthcare costs, but also help it to make sure that all the people that are providing for healthcare have uh, reasonable solutions at their disposal and help them to provide the best experience without the burden of excessive cost, which you know, definitely could have been an issue over this last year. Yeah. Now, those are some great points, Kurt. And you're right. You know, the healthcare industry has really been faced with a tremendous challenge with COVID and, you know, having to come up with answers for the pandemic. And then you also mentioned, you know, those that provide healthcare, all the employers that have had to think through all of their protocols and, and how do we stay safe physically within these environments, but also the mounting I guess, I don't know, risk that happened. I mean, I just, I don't know, Kurt, I, I got really discouraged just like seeing all these hackers and all this additional activity happening around the pandemic that it was just like, I don't know, you know, it just layered on another thing that leaders had to had to think about. Yeah, I, I was very disheartened and discouraged through that as well. You know, you, you don't want to see people get hit when they're down, especially when you've got a, a very small segment of healthcare that is just going so far out of their way to be able to support people in any way they can during the, the COVID pandemic. You know, people coming back from retirement, people graduating mm -hmm. from school early, people who had significant personal health risks who jumped back in because they knew that the, the response that was required was just overwhelming, but then malicious attackers taking advantage of it. Uh, you know, that was just, that was awful. And I guess it, it pointed out in more ways than one, we, we have to be ready and have these disaster recovery plans and business resumption, right. not just thinking about the technology becoming available or even, a you know, another pandemic coming along the way, but it's really the, the social impacts of all the other terrible things that can be going on as people are dealing with some of the worst aspects of their lives and careers. Yeah, no, well said. And having that plan in place, right, for when it does happen. Mm -hmm. Really testing people through this, really helping to educate people how to go through and think through the issues ahead of time so that they're prepared, they're trained, they're up to speed, they know what to do, and they're not figuring it out as any new curveballs thrown at them. Yeah. Kurt, you, you've been doing this for quite some time. I'm curious what you believe, you know, your approach, your philosophy how is it different or, or unique compared to what's available out there today? 
Yeah, I think really it's um, focusing on the experience first. And obviously within healthcare, that's focusing on patient care first. Mm-hmm. And then all the people who provide direct patient care uh, right behind that, making sure that you're giving them the optimal experience that they can work from any device, they can work from any location, they can work from any application. They don't have to be constantly thinking about what they're working on or how they're working with it. The experience is just natural for them as they pick up new devices work from new locations, work with new work types. And really being able to enable that provides for this nature of hybrid work that we're seeing coming up, not just within healthcare, but outside of healthcare, so that you have people who are working at home, maybe some permanent work from home. You've got people who might be permanently back in the office, but then you have others who might be new mobile workers who might have taken their desktop home during the pandemic, but they're sure not going to be doing that every week if they're just working two or three days in the office. So it's really about setting up a workspace for everybody that provides the right experience regardless of how they work and helps to manage security for them. You know, today, integrating a lot of the security technologies and helping to prevent a lot of the the threats from being exercised. But over time, it's helping that workspace to actively coach people to make the the right security decisions to affect the right security outcomes. So instead of you you clicking on something and all of a sudden it being a big problem to the organization that's ransomware, Mm -hmm. having the system look and go, this is a link you probably shouldn't be clicking on or I don't know what that is. So let's open open that up in a one-time use cloud-hosted browser as opposed to opening up on the browser on your laptop or on your smartphone. And so there are some technical things that we can do, but it's got to blend into the experience so that people don't have to think about doing something different under different situations. Yeah, that's great. And and there's also the things that can be layered in too, right? Like the prompts and things. If something looks like a phishing email, that it gets flagged somehow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as people roll out additional phishing training, which is absolutely essential these days. Wouldn't it be great to have immediate feedback? Oh, by the way, what you just clicked on, don't tell your coworkers, was a phishing email. Here's how you should have noticed that. Here's what you should have done instead. Instead of, you know, three weeks later, you get a note from IT or maintain security and privacy. Yeah. And and so talk to us about what you do to say in these patient care areas, you know, help improve outcomes or even improve the business that they that they do? Yeah, it, it really is about both sides. And it's looking at the patient outcomes, helping to understand the, the workflow of how clinicians are working with patients. Non-intrusive, non-invasive, doesn't require somebody to take off their gloves. And it's integrating with some of the newer technologies and the electronic healthcare records, but it's also interfacing with some pretty old systems in healthcare that are still running Windows 7 or Windows XP, might be an old PAX or radiology system that can't even legitimately be on the network without being exposed to excessive risk. So it's about being able to understand where you should allow people to get direct access to a resource where they need to go some through some type of proxy so that there's inspection and redirection associated with it, where they need to have a virtualized experience so that they're just getting pixels sent to the endpoint, not the actual data, not the actual app. So they're just getting a representation of the data, but it looks just like they're working with it directly, or where they need to have a legitimate offline experience and are going in through containerization. And that's been a big one for healthcare as well. 
You've got a lot of people who are working in emergency services or are working in scenarios where if a network goes down or an application's unavailable, it could be life and limb, and mm-hmm. they need to have a legitimate offline experience. The big challenge with healthcare is to be able to automate that so that people have that offline where they need it. But similarly, they can also be able to leverage cloud applications and cloud services where it's warranted. It's probably one of the bigger challenges in healthcare today is many, because of the perceived need for much more offline, will say no to cloud services immediately. And unfortunately, that might be their best experience and their best balance of the security, productivity, and cost going forward. So we as an industry have a lot more work to do there to help make sure that healthcare sees the cloud as very relevant and as something that integrates seamlessly with their business to provide the right experience. Yeah, that's really great to understand, Kurt. Just the fact that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And if you're opting for the cloud, you could get all the benefits of the cloud and, and still have some of these, you know, real world, just real use or I forget the term that you used for it, Kurt, like not cloud. It could be cloud. It could be hybrid uh, offline containerized. Offline. That's what it was. Offline containerized. Yeah. Yeah. Offline containerized. Right. So you don't have to do it all in one, one realm. Do you think usually when people say no, they feel that way, that it becomes an all, all or nothing? They may feel that it's an all or nothing because that's what they've been used to over time, or maybe it just seems way too expensive or way too much time involved to move to a more hybrid type of environment. And that's where we're helping to coach everybody to say, hey, begin with the experience first, then make sure everything that you're doing from that point forward is continuously situationally aware and contextually risk appropriate. So it's recognizing changing situations, adapting to those automatically, and making sure that risk is commensurate with the task at hand. And then ensuring end-to-end you've got observability, insights, and automation for IT, for IT security, as well as for the business in general. And I guess that's that's the last huge point is making sure that we're looking at technology supporting not just healthcare IT, but it's got to be very relevant for the business of healthcare, which has changed substantially in the last 15 months. It really has. So what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced, Kurt? And what was the key learning that came from it? I think one of the biggest setbacks has been during this pandemic is realizing that the business of healthcare has changed substantially. And so even as people are flooding into healthcare organizations and they're being absolutely overwhelmed with the lack of ICU beds and personnel and other technologies, Meanwhile, the healthcare as a business is losing money and they're actually laying people off and sending employees home because they were making money on elective surgeries and a lot of other things that were outside of the emergency room and the ICU. And so being that you couldn't allow a lot of patients back in at that point in time, you know, that really changed healthcare substantially. And that's something I didn't recognize soon enough. And I, I really wish I did because I think we could have stepped in a lot more and been able to more directly support healthcare in some of the early days. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is challenging. And, you know, the elective procedures are coming back on 
we're feeling more comfortable with the vaccine kind of being, you know, over 60% vaccination in the States, you know, it's starting to feel like we're getting into that realm of, of normal again. Well, they'll never be that normal quote unquote, but a new normal. And so it is exciting to, you know, leverage the, the things that, that you picked up during that time to today. So what would you say you're, you're most excited about today? You know, most excited about the ability for uh, telehealth and a lot of people who are able to interact with healthcare who might not be able to travel to be able to see the expertise that they really need, might not have the ability to go at certain times because of their jobs or because of family commitments and, you know, would far benefit from remote care. And the integration of the Internet of Things, you know, IoT and the blood pressure cuffs that are connected through Bluetooth and pulse oximeters, you know, for SpO2 and all of the other technologies that can monitor your heart, can monitor, you know, many of your other vital signs and actually be able to manage chronic disease for some patients without having to have them get in the car and drive to a major metro area mm-hmm. is really improving the patient experience quite a bit. And it actually does give quite a bit of time back to clinicians as well. You know, they can schedule these appointments much more easily and, you know, it benefits everybody from chronic conditions to mental health to just people who have casual questions. It's changing healthcare quite a bit. It's allowing healthcare to be much more relevant and instantaneous. And it's definitely giving you a lot more options as a healthcare consumer. I agree, Kurt. Yeah. And there's a big shift, right? Happening from this episodic care where you drive to the hospital or the clinic, you get checked out and then you don't come back for another six months to a year. Some people years, so now you have this opportunity with the devices and technology that you were just talking about to have that consistent care provided without having to, to deal with any of the geographical things. So with this capability also comes that need to make sure that you and your organization are secure, you're using encryption, you're utilizing all of the services that are necessary to keep patients and your organization safe, right, right Kurt? Yeah, absolutely. And as an individual as well, it's having the ability to have the system notify you that, hey, at this point in time, your risk seems to be way too high for having this conversation or sending this information. Here's some recommendations and options for you. And maybe if it's an emergency or a very urgent situation, you'll accept that risk. But mm-hmm. at other points in time, you might realize that, hey, that game that your kid downloaded to your system while you were away for that hour probably shouldn't be there and definitely is communicating in a way that it shouldn't be and is you know, would be exposing your your personal info you know just as an example so yeah. we've we've got to be able to take the the level of enterprise security that's there for protecting the most critical secrets and make it available to individuals as well so that we can all properly protect our healthcare information for ourselves as well as for those that we might be providing care for. Yeah, yeah, that's so great, Kurt. Great point. And yeah, so we are certainly committed to the safety, security of everything that you do for your employees and your patients and everybody across the board. So thanks for tuning into today's podcast. Kurt, what would you leave us to think about a closing thought? And then if anybody wants to find out more about you or or the work that you do, what's the best place that they could get in touch with you? 
Yeah, closing thought would be talk to your healthcare provider about how you can uh, provide for a more meaningful experience with them that helps save them time and definitely thank them over and over for their commitment over the last year plus. But engaging and just asking, you know, what can you do to, to help to optimize the, the experience and the brief amount of time that you have together? They might have some recommendations for devices or for other types of applications that you could download that provide more information. So when you call, you can give them much more detail and have a, a data-driven healthcare experience. And I guess that's the big, big ask and big outcome, along with thanking everybody. And then in terms of getting in touch with me, I'm out on LinkedIn under Kurt Romer. And thank you. Definitely looking forward to reaching out and continuing to connect with the community. And thank you, Saul. Thanks, Kurt.